This is your cousin, Marvin Barry, and you know that sound you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. Yeah, that's right. Thank you to everyone that listens to the Rutgers Scoutcast here as we embark on another episode. As you know, I am your host, Sam Hellman, and things sound a little bit better this week because of your generosity in helping, in helping us with the likes, with the downloads, spreading the word, everything that you've done in Apple Podcasts to review the show. We've been able to finally invest back into the show and get some better recording equipment than you're used to. My guest on the show this week is none other than wide receiver Paul Woods out of Canisius High School in upstate New York. Woods did pretty well at Rutgers camp about a couple weeks ago, almost a month ago now. He essentially he silently committed then and decided to announce on July 11th, and we're going to hear from Woods about why he picked that date. The emotions behind it. For anyone that checked out his announcement on Periscope, or I'm sure that some of the local news stations up in that Buffalo area recorded it, it was emotional for him. I mean, this was a 15-minute press conference, and six or seven minutes of it was him gathering his emotions, because guess what? He's going to college for free. That's great. That's what this is all about. And Paul Woods is not someone that is taking that for granted. We're going to get into what I like about Paul Woods after we hear from him as our guest. Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan is going to do a quick pop-in with us. Brian has been in Alabama this week for SEC Media Day, so we're getting him via satellite this week. Brian's going to weigh in on Paul Woods, and then uh, after that we're going to talk a little bit of news we're going to take your Rutgers Scoutcast mailbag questions, two good questions this week. Overall, it's going to be a shorter show. That's kind of what happens this time of year because we're not here to make stuff up and pretend that stuff is going on that's not. The Rutgers staff has, for the most part, been on vacation. We at Scarlet Report have not been on vacation, but when there's not that much going on, we're not here to make it up. We'll talk a little bit of hoops. We'll talk a little bit about what to expect when things really start to ramp up in about 8 to 10 days. I guess, you know, the the 22nd of July is a big day. That's kind of when that 105-man roster starts to take shape for training camp. Uh, I expect some news around then, and that's also when recruiting ramps back up, getting kids on campus one last time before the start to training camp. We'll talk about all of that preseason stuff in the mailbag, actually. We have a couple pretty good questions. But before we get to any of that, I'd like to welcome Paul Woods to the show. Paul Woods is another New York commitment to Rutgers, three-star wide receiver. Here he is. All right, welcome back to the Rutgers Scoutcast. It is my honor to have one of the latest members of the Rutgers recruiting class, Paul Woods on the show this morning. Paul, congratulations on your commitment. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. Hey, Paul. So it's been a couple days now since you went official with the announcement. How have you enjoyed the support that you've received since you you made public that you're going to Rutgers? Um, the support system on Twitter has been an excellent day. Uh, it's been following me throughout this whole journey. Um, got a lot of support from my family, my friends. Um, uh, some of the commits that's already at Rutgers, they we have a good relationship, so it's easy to um, you know, make friends already that's at Rutgers right now. 
So you got to tell me what what went into that commitment video that you guys put together because people down in New Jersey love this thing. It is it's one of the coolest commitment videos I've ever seen. What went into this production process? Why did you want to do that? Um, at first we were going to do a commitment video, but then we decided to um just do the hat ceremony, and then we just decided to put the video out. It was. I think his name is John, and he decided to contact my father, and he wanted to get in contact, and they decided to make that happen, and everything that. I guess what stands out what stands out about the video and everything is it seems like you're a guy that has a lot of respect for the history of Rutgers. That you know you're not just a guy that's coming there because they offered you. That you actually value uh, what has happened at Rutgers in the past. Do I have that right? Yeah. Uh, so what was it like to make the actual announcement? I watched it on Periscope. It seemed like it was pretty emotional for you guys. Why was this such a special day for you? Um, it is something that my family and I have been working on, uh, for the longest, uh, we, not going to say we've been chasing office, but we've been trying to get, uh, scholarships so we can find the right state to go to college, and go to college for free is mostly a blessing. Um, uh, my father been, been with me on his journey, but everybody else in my family been counting on me, we're not counting on people pushing me to, to help make the best decision So uh, you've been answering this question all week, but why Rutgers? Why did you decide to commit to Rutgers? Um, it was a, a great coaching staff. We needed a coach that a great relationship already. Uh, as I said before, we got a, I got a great relationship with uh, the community that that's already there and well, that signed there and that's upcoming. Um, when I had went to camp, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, bond with the players. Camp was the first time where I got to meet you, shake your hand, and everything. And it seemed like you were real comfortable down there. What what specifically about the camp and the campus made you comfortable enough to make a commitment? Um, I like that high energy, the high energy that they bring to the camp. All the players running around, hyping everybody up. And I mean, it's not our first time being at Rutgers, but uh, we yeah, we've been at Rutgers at least four times, and every time we went on there, we loved it. All right, I'm going to bring up a couple names here, and I want to get your thoughts on them. First, I'm curious, uh, Shameen Jones is a guy I think you know well and played against. Is that right? Yes. What, uh, what if, I guess, how do you know each other, and did he have any reaction? What do you think of him as a player? Uh, Shameen is, uh, is a great player. We played together at the uh, state championship. Um, explosive player, but, I mean, when you get down to business, we got to... Absolutely. Um, another name I'm curious about is running back Stevie Scott. He is uncommitted, but he's from upstate New York. You guys were both at Rutgers at the same time. I, I'm going to guess that you're working on bringing him to Rutgers. Yeah, we, um, we're, we're working on it right now, bringing him to Rutgers. We really like what he put forward to the table and just trying to get him here so he could be a part of our team. And in this 2018 recruiting class, who do you find yourself talking to? Who would you say you're becoming friends with? Um, that's already committed? Yeah, 
yeah, I know that the quarterbacks are probably talking to you, and they've got a lot of other New York kids. Probably Jalen, yeah, quarterback Jalen, uh, Chapman, and Jarrett Paul, the corner. Right, yeah, Jarrett's in New Jersey now, but he's a New Yorker at heart. Um, Paul, thanks again for joining us. We're here with Rutgers wide receiver commit Paul Woods, one of the top players in New York. A couple more questions before we let you go. For for people that haven't seen you play or, or maybe won't be able to make the trip way up north, way upstate to see you, what kind of player are you? What What is Rutgers getting here? Um, They will be getting a playmaker, very explosive and reliable. All right, so I asked the same three questions at the end of every one of these interviews. Paul, I call them the big three questions. So my, my first question here for you is, uh, in your time following Rutgers, who would you say is your favorite Rutgers athlete? Uh, 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 probably Ray Rice. Another New Yorker. That's a smart, smart pick. He's yeah. very popular in New York. Uh, second question: When you think about Rutgers and Rutgers football, what's your favorite memory? What What do you What do you think about the most? What's your favorite memory when it comes to Rutgers? Um, probably not gonna be the best memory, but I remember hearing about the <laughs> the Michigan game last year. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess Wait, you have. Yeah, you're trying to think of what. I guess you have some uh, yeah. goals to improve on uh, once you get there. I think that's that's part of what Coach Ash, I think, is trying to do and why he's gotten so many big-time commits. Wouldn't you agree, is trying to change stuff like that and, and you know, early playing time? Yeah, I feel like that uh, got come in, we're going we're gonna to make a uh, big contribution to the team. Not saying that the, uh, the team right now is not doing anything, but we just want to add to the talent that we already have to make us uh, an even better team. All right, and I have one more question before I let you go and celebrate your commitment for the rest of the month. Uh, you've been to Rutgers a couple times now. What's your favorite thing to eat on campus? Um, uh, probably the chicken wings. All right. Well, that was Paul Woods, ladies and gentlemen. Paul, once again, congratulations. I know this is a big one for the family, and hope you are able to enjoy the rest of your summer. All right, fam. Thanks for having me. And now we are joined via satellite by scout national recruiting analyst Brian Doan, fresh off his trip to SEC country, where he got to see his buddy Minka Fitzpatrick. How was that, Brian? Well, it was nice going down there. I guess the best thing I can say is on my plane ride back, the guy sitting next to me just decided to talk to me about LSU football. And before we knew it, we're talking Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, with about five people on the plane just leaning into the aisle. So, yeah, it was uh, it was exciting. And definitely you understand the mentality a lot better if you go spend some time down there. I would have preferred being in first class with uh, Jerry Seinfeld than the models, personally. Uh, I'm working toward a class-free society. <laughs> cool. Well, you're here joining us today to break down the one of the latest commitments for the Scarlet Knights, and that is three-star wide receiver Paul Woods from upstate New York. Brian, what do you like about this pickup, and where are your concerns when it comes to Paul Woods? Yeah, um, I don't have any like huge concerns where things just jump out to me. 
I think what you look at is you just say, does he have the strength? You know, how long will it take him to get the strength? We know he needs to get stronger to be able to perform at the Big Ten level and a lot stronger. Um, so you're looking at a kid who probably will have to red shirt. And then I, I just wonder his quickness out of the break. Um, can they tighten up his route running skills and his acceleration? Now, Rutgers clearly took took him over some other wide receivers. You've seen receivers kind of go to some other schools uh, in the last couple of weeks that Rutgers probably could have gotten, but Woods was their guy. Woods basically committed while he was at camp a couple of weeks ago. What do you think about the way receiver is you know, shaping up for Rutgers? Obviously, last year they had a pretty good and a, a massive receiver class, and now you have Woods this year, and, you know, at least for a little while, you have Zaire Lacewell as a wide receiver. Yeah, I think the key part of that is what you said, is they had him in camp, and there were some other receivers who wanted to come to Rutgers, but maybe they didn't come to camp, um, and so that didn't happen. Like I said, the key is he came to camp, he showed the coaching staff what he's capable of doing, and I think that's really important, because for people sitting there watching film, the only film you can really go on is what by now, at best, eight months old. You know, it could be as much as nine, ten months old with how quickly they finish football in New York. So you have to keep that in mind and, and how he's developed as a player and how he can develop. You know, some kids are ready-made, ready to play at the college level strong enough. He's not, but he's got a really good frame. He's got a great work ethic plays with a good motor, he has good ball skills, he's not afraid to go into traffic, so those are all things you look at and say, yeah, that's, that's some really good stuff to, to build on there. The question is the frame um, and how quickly you can add weight to it. This is a kid that if he would have played, you know, in New Jersey and Rutgers got him, people would say, well, that's a kid they have to get. Um, just based on the fact that he'd be a really good player in this state, and he'd have more offers because not a lot of people are recruiting Buffalo. And I, I think you have to look at it from his skill standpoint. I know a lot of people like to look at the offer list and figure out how good a player is. And we've said it time and again, offers mean nothing in terms of rankings and whether a kid can play. Sometimes it's just circumstance. I, I, I think he has a chance to be a really good player. See, every time Rutgers gets a commitment from an area that's unfamiliar, you get the, who does he remind you of questions. And the guy that I go back to with Paul Woods is Tyquan Underwood, just because he's a skinny guy that he might even be too skinny when he's a junior or a senior, but he's still someone that is versatile. And if they're able to develop him the way that the old, old Rutgers staff develop Underwood or someone like that, Great pickup. If you can't develop him, that's where the problem occurs. And I think that's something that this coaching staff is banking on is its ability to take two- and three-star kids and develop them into four-stars instead of just hoping that their best days are the day you get them on campus for the first time. Yeah, I think when I uh, – you know how much I love comparing kids. Um, but my, you know, I, I don't know if he runs as well as Taekwon Underwood ran. One thing about Taekwon Underwood is he really ran – he, he, he was fast. Um, so that's something that to consider. Can he pick up his, his speed? But, yeah, I mean, go 
stronger. That's what it reminds you of. Um, you, you would hope that with the strength and the coaching, he'll be a better route runner in terms of getting in and out of his breaks. But there's an upside there. This isn't a kid that just isn't any good. There, there is a legitimate upside with Paul Woods. And I think schools would have been a lot more willing to offer him if he was in a more populated area. Because you have to remember now with Buffalo, if you're going to recruit Buffalo, you're going to spend a day on the road recruiting a kid, one kid, when you can go recruit other places and recruit 20 kids on that day. So that's, that's some of the stuff that goes into the consideration with things like this. So I just want to make sure people keep that stuff in mind. Well, whether fans like it or not, the last two commitments for Rutgers, the other being Australian punter Adam Corsack, both Ohio State links, and I think you're going to continue to see that forever and a day with Chris Ash's staff. If there is some kind of an Ohio State link, that's something they're going to go on. With Paul Woods, it was him going out last year at the Friday Night Lights camp out there. He made a name for himself. He picked up a couple smaller offers, and I'm sure that Chris Ash heard plenty about how that camp went from the people he knows at Ohio State before they went to offer Paul Woods in the offseason at the end of last year. And then uh, the other one, the punter, you know, Rutgers is following what Chris Ash did at Arkansas and Ohio State. They've used this Pro Kick Australia program in the past, and this program has, I believe, 48 specialists playing in the United States right now. You know, who knows until the kid gets to campus, but it feels like the right kind of pickup for them. Well, I mean, he goes with guys that he knew from Ohio State and Arkansas, Wisconsin, which is a lot better than on with people you knew at Hofstra in Delaware. And for me, that's what you do. You, you lean on your experience and you lean on people you trust. They, you know, they, they, Chris Ash has used the Australian connection before, like you mentioned, with good results. So you want to do it again. You, you build up that trust level. It's like anything else. Um, and with Paul Woods, yeah, he kind of burst on the scene at Ohio State camp, and again, he's not an Ohio State level kid, but he's a good player. You, this is the one thing I like about this staff that I think people don't really understand or or really have a grasp of, and maybe it's because we don't do a good enough job of explaining it, but when you look at it, and they're getting the quarterbacks from California or a defensive end out of Tennessee or, or whatever, right? Or early on when he got there, a receiver out of Texas. This is what happens when you've been at major programs and you have contacts across the country. When something happens, you just pick up the phone and call one of your guys that you coached with or coached for, or maybe somebody that played for you that's now a coach at the Power Five level, and all of a sudden, you have connections to kids that maybe you wouldn't have connections to before. And I think people have to realize that Rutgers can go out to California and recruit quarterbacks because Jerry Kill and Chris Ash were on staff that recruited quarterbacks nationally, so they've made contacts everywhere. And it goes back to the, you know, do Mitchell, Lemire Mitchell thing. Chris Ash recruited both of those kids when they were at Cedar Creek. So he has, you know, he's used to recruiting a lot of different places and has a lot of great relationships. 
given the way that a lot of the private school coaches in New Jersey just have very little interest in giving records a time of day, this is when these connections and other locations really come in handy. So you're saying recruiting is about relationships? You know, after a long time, I've come to that conclusion. You know, you probably wouldn't have heard me say that until my second day at Scout about eight years ago. But yes, that's exactly it. Well, there you have it. Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan is back to break it down. I'm sure that uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about over the next couple weeks, Brian. You got it. And with that, it is time to open up the Rutgers ScoutCast mailbag for this week. I decided to go three questions because, well, Brian was a little short on the news as we had to do that on the phone, so why not lengthen the mailbag by a little bit? Uh, As I always say, the best way to get me to choose your question for the Rutgers ScoutCast mailbag is to be a Scarlet Report premium subscriber and contact me via private message, or you can just go ahead and post it right on the forums in the podcast threads every week. I've picked questions that way before. This week, we are all premium with our questions. You can also submit questions if you do not subscribe. Uh, First off, you should. We have a couple of promotions coming up, so maybe stay tuned as we get into training camp get into the media day season but this was an all premium questionnaire and the first of two on topic questions this week came from RU67 and his question reads Sam why the heck isn't Janarian Grant representing Rutgers in Chicago well you are you sir are not the only one you sir or ma'am are not the only one wondering this For those that don't know, Big Ten Media Day is in Chicago coming up, I believe, I can't remember the exact date, but whatever that Monday and Tuesday is at the end of July. I'll be there just like I always am. I take a lot of pride in being on site to ask questions and to give you in-person coverage for that stuff. Not a lot of recruiting services offer that, but I make sure that I am there every year. Rutgers chose Dorian Miller. Rutgers chose Blasson Austin, and Rutgers chose Sebastian Joseph for Big Ten Media Day as its representatives. Rutgers did not choose Janarian Grant. Uh, I get why some are upset or question that. I mean, heck, the Chicago Tribune had a great column the other day that I read that was blasting James Franklin and Urban Meyer for not bringing their Heisman candidates, their big-time guys, to Chicago. I I agree the Big Ten should probably do a better job of trying to get the guys with star power in that setting in front of the national media. But look, here's why Janarian Grant isn't there. First off, Janarian Grant hates doing press. And Chris Ash isn't going to make a kid do press if he doesn't want to. Big Ten Media Day is supposed to be a reward, not a punishment. Janarian Grant's done one interview since he broke his ankle against Iowa, and that was with me and Ryan Dunleavy. And that's it. That's all he's done in the media in the last, what is that, uh, nine months, eight months? So to go from that and then throwing him into this horde to answer questions about his health, why he came back, questions about his family, questions about having to carry the Rutgers offense, questions about his fifth offensive coordinator in five years, it just, 
it doesn't suit him. I think Rutgers made the right choice with the people that it brought. Now, when I say Janarian Grant hates doing press, he he does, but it doesn't mean he's bad at it. He's actually usually pretty good on camera. He always has a smile. He has that unique look, and he uh, he gives you a little bit more than your generic, you know, Bull Durham. Here's how I answer my questions. So I think he would do a good job, but. If he doesn't want to do it and Rutgers doesn't want him to do it, I'm fine with that. Dorian Miller, if people ask the right questions to him on media day, they're going to have a ton of fun both with the important football stuff, which is why I'm there, and then the stupid hack cornball, get Darius Hamilton to talk Taylor Swift. Dorian Miller would hit those out of the park whenever he gets those questions from the crazies in the audience. Uh, Blosson Austin, I've said it here, I've said it a hundred times, this very well might be his only chance. And what does Blasson Austin give you? He gets to talk about playing corner for Chris Ash. He gets to talk about growing up in New York, which is an area Rutgers recruits very hard. And he gets to talk about, you know, changes in the program and how this defense is getting better. So great pick. And Sebastian Joseph, I mean, it's obvious. Fifth-year senior, graduate student, going to be a team captain, infectious charisma, captain charisma, really. Uh He's he's a theater kid, did plays in high school. I mean, those were the right three picks. You could argue for other guys, but I have no issue with it. Uh, the second on-topic question this week came from Greg, another premium subscriber who asked, what is Rutgers basketball doing for the last roster spot? Well, there's no definite answer to this, but... Look at what Rutgers did last year, and keep in mind what we've been saying about the 2017 roster in that final roster slot. First off, as of this time last year, Rutgers had yet to add C.J. Geddes and Eugene Almaruyi to the roster. Both of those guys, especially Geddes, were impact players. So you have that flexibility. You keep that open just in case. But then, you know, of course, the other thing we've been talking ever since he committed Mamadou Ducor in the chance to reclassify or maybe enroll in January. It, it, that's still got to be on the table or in discussion. I mean, if you have that spot and it works out, great. And if it doesn't, you have some flexibility and Rutgers is making a lot of noise in the 18 recruiting to where they might want to bring in four or five kids next year. And going off topic this week, the question is, Uh, Sorry, I didn't write this name down, but I remember really liking it. I got it in a private message for the podcast this morning. The question is, Sam, if you were Chris Ash, how would you run official visits? Uh, I mean, I've seen seen a lot of different official visit styles, and I I still think that Greg Schiano's was the best, but rules have changed since then, and so has the Rutgers recruiting footprint. What I would do is, you know, what Chris Ash is doing, what Kyle Flood did, what Greg Schiano did as far as the tours and the academics and informing the parents and selecting your hosts, the way they do it is the way it's supposed to be done. But as far as if you mean activities and stuff, well, what they do now, their big restaurants in the last cycle where they go out to Brother Jimmy's and then they go to... Uh, where else do they go? I think they go to Rafferty's and maybe Steakhouse 85. Yeah, sure, why not? That sounds good. As far as activities, I would judge it based on the group, based on the demographic that you have on the visit. When 
Jalen Chapman and Sean Chambers and hell if Romeo Dubes comes on the visit, if you know Jaden McDonald comes to visit, those guys, I'm taking them to New York. That's your draw for kids that aren't from this area. Now, Chapman and his California group got to see New York during their unofficial visit in May, so maybe you don't do that. But if I ever have a kid that's not from the area that's never been in New York, sure as heck I'm taking him. For some of the local kids, or if you're trying to build that close bond between the group, build the relationship between all the visitors, I'm staying more local for this stuff. I, I think that uh, I think Top Golf in Edison that just opened is perfect for official visits. I mean, not every kid likes golf, but they have free food and you get to hit things with sticks, and parents will like that a lot. And then I'd probably say the same thing about Bolero, which is also on Route 1, I think, in North Brunswick. They've taken kids there before, but yeah, I mean, bowling, golf, anything that's semi-competitive that includes free food and entertaining parents works for me. So I would do those two things. I don't know if, you know, laser tag is still around or whatever, but it's really, it's about, it's not necessarily about the actual event. It's about getting all the kids together in a situation where they feel like a team because you feel like a team on your visit that's how you make them want to be a team down the road thanks for the questions this week this has been another episode of the Rutgers Scout Cast I'm your host Sam Hellman thank you to Paul Woods for giving me some time thanks to Brian Doan for calling in Uh, don't tweet Paul Woods please Uh, uh, you know my stance on that if you decide to do it you decide to do it but I thought he was a good guest I thought he was a little bit nervous but that happens sometimes but overall he he answered the questions and he had some fun with it and I think that Paul Woods is a guy you're going to like a lot heck just look at the picture for this episode if you're on iTunes uh, jump over on Scarlet Report real quick and look at the picture that I decided to use that's a lot of character a lot of charisma that you're going to get from Paul Woods over the next four or five years So I'm knocking on wood here, but hopefully next week we can get maybe a certain Australian punter on the show. I'm working on that, but with international time zones and he's traveling, you know, eventually we're going to get him on the show and I think that'll be a lot of fun. Everything I've heard about him character-wise, he's going to fit in well at Rutgers. I did not put this in any of the articles, but I'll say it here uh, because it's a little less of a you know, strict professional format. The the quote from one of his trainers, John A. Smith, who uh, spent time in the NFL, he's older now and trains guys, his quote was, you know, at Pro Kick Australia, we don't want no choir boys, but we have a no dickhead policy. So the way that he's describing his guys to me is, you know, they play with an edge, but they still behave themselves. And we're talking about Rutgers getting a guy with a 3.8 GPA. He's 19 years old, so he's a little bit more mature. He's well-traveled, love that pickup. And he's, I tell you what, assuming everything works out and he makes it to campus, he's going to be a fan favorite. And I hope that maybe one day he can be subjected to the awful jokes that will come if he ever punts in the Outback Steakhouse Bowl. Anyway, this has been another episode of the Rutgers ScoutCast. Thanks to everyone for listening. And as I leave, I'll tell you what, I've wanted to do this for a long, long time. Happy birthday, Casey Poe.